to the Very Well Mind podcast. We've interviewed over 100 authors, experts, entrepreneurs, athletes, musicians, and others to help you learn strategies to care for your mental health. This episode is hosted by psychotherapist and best-selling author Amy Morin. Now let's get into the episode. You're listening to The Friday Fix. Every Friday, I share a quick mental strength strategy that can help fix the thoughts, feelings, and actions that can hold you back in life. Do you ever think your brain just won't shut off? Do you have so many thoughts swirling around in your brain that you struggle to focus on one task at a time? Do you rehash things that already happened in your head over and over again? If you answered yes to any of those questions, today's episode is for you. I'm talking about three strategies that can help declutter your mind. I've read several studies that estimate we have somewhere around 60,000 to 70,000 thoughts every single day. Now, I'm not really sure how they measured how many separate thoughts we have. And all the researchers can't agree on exactly how many thoughts. But one thing they do seem to agree on is that many of the thoughts we have are repetitive. We replay events that happened over and over again. We worry about the same things every day. And we get caught up in the same old thinking patterns. All of those thoughts clutter your brain and make it difficult to be creative, to develop new ideas, to solve problems from a different angle, or to even just get things done. Part of mental strength involves managing the thoughts that run through your brain. Sometimes that means not believing everything you think. At other times, it's about responding to unhelpful thoughts with more realistic or more helpful statements. When you deal with those thoughts in a healthy way, You can feel and do your best. But that's tough to do when you feel like your brain is just filled with the same old thoughts over and over again, or you have so many thoughts that you aren't even sure what's true and what isn't. So today, that's why I'm talking about strategies that can declutter your mind. You have to make room for the important things that you need to think about, like your goals, your hopes for the future, the areas of your life that you want to change, as well as you need room in your brain to just enjoy the moment. A lot of life passes us by because we're rehashing something that happened yesterday or we're worrying about something that we're afraid might happen tomorrow and then we miss out on what's right in front of us today. And while learning about mindfulness and meditation skills can help, that's not what I'm talking about today. Right now, I'm going to share three really simple strategies that you can start practicing right now. These are three strategies that I've used in my therapy office with clients as well as in my own life. So here are three things you can do to declutter your mind. Number one, write it down. Most of the thoughts swirling around in your head are the same thoughts over and over again because your brain's trying to organize things and make sense of what's going on. So the best thing you can do is just write down some of the thoughts that you have. There's something about seeing things written on paper or typed on a screen that can help your brain organize things better. It will make sense of what's going on and help connect some of those thoughts. But I know a lot of people get stuck when it comes to journaling or writing things down. Like, what do you actually write? Fortunately, you can keep it simple. Maybe just go buy a notebook. At the top of the page, write the words, what I'm thinking about today. Then at a certain time every day, sit down and maybe create a bulleted list of all the things going on in your head. Like you're worried about not having enough time to get your work done or you're trying to interpret someone else's behavior because you aren't sure how they feel about you. But get specific. Don't just say, I'm worried I don't have enough time. Instead, say, 
I'm worried I won't get that report done before Friday's deadline. Or instead of saying, I'm, I'm just sort of confused about somebody's behavior, get specific. Say, I'm confused about Allison's behavior. One day she wants to hang out, and the next day she doesn't answer my text messages. When you're done, look over that list, and you'll see that your brain might be able to organize things a little bit differently, and then it just won't feel quite so chaotic in your mind. Keeping a mental to-do list also clutters your mind. You might think that you're going to remember what you need to buy at the grocery store, what appointments you need to make, and what you need to get done. But there's often a piece of us that worries we're going to forget. And trying to remember those things wastes valuable mental energy. So try keeping a list of the things that you want to remember, and that will free up some of the mental space. Think of your mind like a computer. It'll get bogged down if you keep too many tabs open. Number two, schedule time to worry. Worrying takes up tons of room in your brain. You might worry about something that happened in the past, like whether you said something in a meeting that offended someone, or you might worry about things in the future, like how that presentation you're going to give is actually going to go. All of those worries make it hard to concentrate and stay on task because your brain's constantly distracted. My favorite strategy for managing worries is scheduling time to worry, which I know sounds ridiculous, but it works. There's studies on this, and I've seen huge improvements in my therapy office when clients try this. It works like this. Schedule 15 minutes every day to worry. And worry at the same time every day if you can. When you catch yourself worrying outside of those 15 minutes, remind yourself it's not time to worry yet. When your scheduled worrying time comes around, sit down and worry as much as you can. You might write down your worries or just sit and think. Then, when your 15 minutes are up, tell yourself your worrying time is over and go do something else. At first, you'll find that you have to constantly remind yourself it's not time to worry yet and put it off until later. But with practice, you'll discover that you worry a lot less throughout the day. You'll train your brain to recognize that you have 15 minutes to worry and it won't worry so much outside of that time. I taught this strategy to a lot of my therapy clients, but one man in particular referred to himself as a lifetime worry wart. And he really did worry about everything. Before one of our morning appointments, I asked him what he worried about so far. He gave me this really long list of random things that he'd already worried about. He said, what if I got a flat tire? What if my shirt looked too wrinkled? What if my coffee was so hot that I burned my tongue? What if I were late to this appointment? Or what if I said something stupid and you then judge me for it? Or what if there weren't any parking spaces when I got here? His list of the things that he worried about went on and on, and it was only 8 a.m. So it was clear that he was exhausting himself every single day with a million things to worry about. When we started talking about scheduling time to worry, though, he immediately started worrying about that. He said, what if I forget to do it? Or what if it doesn't work? But I got him to agree to at least try, despite all of those worrisome thoughts that he still had about it. During his first week, he said not much changed, but he did realize how much he worried. It at least raised his awareness because he said, all day long, I'm constantly reminding myself it's not time to worry yet. And he said, 15 minutes just doesn't feel like enough. I have a lot of worries. So we agreed to increase it to 25 minutes in his case. By about the end of the third week, he said he started to notice that he wasn't worrying so much during the day. When he came to his therapy appointment that week, he said, I have never known what it feels like to have free time. Up until now, every spare second of my life went toward worrying. He knew that it wasn't logical, but he sort of had this belief that if he worried about enough things that he could somehow prevent bad things from happening. 
He said, well, I just want to make sure that I'm ready in case something bad happens. But that caused him to spend all of his time looking for danger, and he couldn't enjoy the moment. Once he started scheduling time to worry, he felt some relief because he knew he was still going to worry about things, but he didn't have to do it all day long. Now, I didn't make up this exercise. It's one that's been studied. And research shows scheduling time to worry reduces anxiety and actually helps people solve problems better than if they worry all the time. So if your brain is cluttered with worries, schedule time to worry and practice it for a few weeks. It'll be hard at first, but that's to be expected. Stick with it, though, and you'll likely notice that your mind feels a lot less cluttered throughout the day. And number three, ask yourself whether you need to solve the problem or solve how you feel about the problem. Whether you're struggling to pay bills or you're having a hard time dealing with a coworker, active problem solving is helpful. But if you're worried about something like a loved one's health or you're anxious about the economy, taking more time to worry isn't going to solve anything. But you can solve how you feel about the problem. When you're thinking about something, ask yourself if you're actively developing a solution or just dwelling on the problem. If it's a problem that you can solve, get to work on finding solutions. Keep this in mind, though. We tend to think that the longer we think about a problem, the more likely we'll be to find a better solution. But there's actually no evidence of that. In fact, there's some research that shows taking a break from problem solving is what actually helps us develop better solutions. If you've ever come up with a great idea when you're in the shower or you've woken up in the morning with a good solution to a problem, you know what I mean. Sometimes our brains just need a break from focusing on a problem and it solves the issue in the background. But do work on solving problems that you can and take a break. But then when you find yourself sitting around and thinking about a problem that you can't solve, take action to work on your feelings. Read a book, go for a walk, call a friend, spend time in nature, or just start working on your to-do list to shift your emotional state so that you can feel a little bit better. So the goal isn't to distract you from your emotions, but the goal can be to help you work through your feelings in a healthy way. Because trust me, just sitting still and thinking about all the things bothering you for an unlimited amount of time will only keep you stuck in an unhealthy emotional state. And the truth is, most of us could save ourselves a lot of time just by asking ourselves that question up front. Do I need to solve the problem or do I need to solve how I feel about the problem? Most of us have probably spent way too much time trying to solve a problem that we couldn't solve or that at least wasn't our responsibility to solve. So if you feel like your mind is cluttered, these three strategies might help. Write down what's going through your mind, schedule time to worry, and determine whether you need to solve the problem or just solve how you feel about the problem. And if you think that you have racing thoughts that make it difficult to function, it could be a mental health issue that could get better with professional treatment. Conditions like anxiety disorders, bipolar, PTSD, and ADHD can all contribute to racing thoughts. Talk to your doctor or see a therapist if you can to determine what steps you might want to take next. And keep in mind that most mental health conditions are treatable, and there are lots of different ways to treat them these days. Thank you for listening to the Very Well Mind podcast. If you found this episode informative, please share the episode with your friends and family and leave a rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. To learn more about the Very Well Mind podcast, you can head to verywellmind.com slash podcasts.